Oh, brother. We got you. How we doing, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah? You were talking okay. about earlier um, a line that made you really happy that somebody like said, right? It was the the, the Joe Dirt line, right? Yeah. I we asked him about his uh, <laughs> his mutton chops, or whatever. And he says, "Do you what does he say?" He's like, "Do you shave them like that?" Or he's like, "No, they just kind of grow in, all trashy like that." <laughs> so good. I actually uh, had the same thing happen. I was in the presence of of greatness. David Spade? Uh, no. Oh. No, no, no. I actually was not, not a lot of people were great there. <laughs> it was me and, and my wife. We were at the Charlotte football game, UNC Charlotte football mm. game on, on Saturday. Okay. They played Rice. They, they lost Charlotte, not Rice. Um, mm. Rice put a put a, put a a smacking on them boys. Mm. I thought you had a Rice <clears throat> pun for a second. Nope. That'd nope. be awesome. No Rice pudding right. pun, but you know what? Nope. After, I don't know what you Rice pudding you, is, but all right. Uh, I don't know. Good good call. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, UNC Charlotte 49ers are losing very bad. It's like 21 to 0. Mm-hmm. Ref makes a call, and this guy goes, You're horrible, and I'm going to take your mom out to a nice dinner. It's <laughs> a nice steak dinner. Never call her again. Right? That was this yes. guy over here. Right? This guy, way in another section, yells out, Dorothy Manitouth is a saint. <laughs> The whole no three way. or four sections is erupted you live, in laughter. You live that was, for, in real life. It was really awesome. <laughs> it that, was really awesome. That is a great line. Yep. And Carmen was like, what's what's going on? Why are these guys about to fight? I'm like, I I, I hope. Yeah, they just awesome. bonded. What are you, they're yeah, best friends. They're, right? they're, they're best friends. You know, they do get into a fight. They're not yeah. going to hit each other's face. Yeah, yeah. It's a rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yep. Life treating you well, brother? <laughs> And the, those two comments were both Will Ferrell. So yes, they were. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, just, uh, you know, uh, doing some Friendsgiving stuff and over the weekend. Oh, nice. Um, that's about it. I had yeah. a, um, I had a uh, dude's night in mm. Friday. All right. We uh, you ever seen that meme of like the perfect night for guys, and it's like guys who are laid out in their jammies right in front of the couch. <laughs> and they have three. They have like each have a box of pizza. It's basically so what we good. did. So good. It's basically what we did at, at Darren's house, right? Right. His wife's out of town, so we were like, "Hey, let's we hang out every Saturday morning. Why don't we just hang out Friday night too? Just make it a whole Sleep thing." Over. We slept over. Me and Mitchell sl- had a sleepover. Oh, wow. My wife said, why the is three 40-year-old men, Mar- married men, married men having a sleepover? And you said, uh, you you made your point. <laughs> yeah, you made your point. Uh, but I was like, well, we could be out there in these streets. <laughs> There's no streets I'd be at. After yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be sleepy. Yeah. So sleepy. <laughs> but yeah, so we watched uh, Godfather. Yeah, what's the street like? Come on. It's, it's time to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Watched The Godfather. All right. Fantastic. Mitchell's never seen it before, so that was his first time. Okay. Um, uh, Darren got a $50 pizza. This is this pizza is... Like, so he's just got like a medium from Domino's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got two small... <laughs> two small pizzas from Domino's. It's $50. <laughs> $50. The pizza was massive. Pizza Sweet. Was Humongous, like bigger than your television. Your television okay. is humongous. It's awesome. Uh, and then we played Madden and just broed out, man. Drank some, right. Bud, drank some Bud Light Platinums. Yeah, like old, oh. like, like old times. The aluminum, the aluminum, aluminum cans, the, the platties. Yeah, yeah, All man. Right. So it was a good night. It was a good night. Um, but yeah, man. Pretty, pretty solid, solid weekend there. Okay, good deal. Uh, got some news coming out of the world of Sony. Oh. Warner Brothers, man. Let's crank it up. All right. I'm... There it is. Panic. Got real nervous for some reason. All right, team. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, here we have uh, Sony's films uh are there's going to get an experience like Disney World yeah. or Universal, right? We have Wonderverse, um, right outside of Chicago. We're getting Uncharted themed, right? Uncharted themed escape rooms. 
uh, Ghostbuster VR Academy, something Need for Speed related, Zombieland bumper cars, and a virtual reality game for Jumanji. Interesting. Uh, I there a lot of these a lot of places are doing like pop up events for different type of things. Yeah. Um, I like that they're doing this in Chicago. I hope this is going to be there forever. I was about to ask you, I didn't, I was reading that too. I didn't know if it was a forever thing or like you said, just going to be around for just a little while. Either uh, way, like we got to get to Chicago ASAP. Let's go. I mean, just get on the plane, right? The private. Yeah. That. Get the PJ. The PJ. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So what are you, uh, most looking forward to uh, doing at Wonderverse, JV? I think some of this VR stuff would be pretty awesome. Um, so they got the Ghostbusters Academy, which uh, says you get to strap on a, a proton pack. Something so I am to do. there for that. Um, and then checking out this uh, Pacific Playland. The zombie land uh, thing they got. Uh, that looks dope. That pretty fun. Little uh, carnivals with the undead. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sweet. Oh, man. Blue Bloods is ending after 14 seasons. Oh, man. Oh, but anyway, back, yeah. to, back to Wonderverse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just reading the bottom of the article there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how they get you, man. Oh, uh, that gets me every time, man. I was almost yeah. sucked in. Uh, but yeah, man, looks dope. Uh, this Zombieland lovers, this is like the bumper car with a patient zero theme. Yeah, and avoid getting hit to remain uninfected to stave off a fate of a zombie. Like that just sounds like fun. And also, I would win. Downski for some bumper cars. Always, dude. Mm-hmm. Definitely, right, guys. Hey, guys, this is reported from the Hollywood Reporter. We're gonna throw this on our socials. Let us know your thoughts. All right, man. Um. Warner Brothers just pissing me off. Uh, I that whole thing has just not been good this year. It's really bothering me now. Dude. Yeah. So Warner Brothers is really being crappy these days with their movies, man. We have from Dave Green and James Gunn who wrote it, uh, Coyote versus Acme. Um, but it got axed like Batgirl and Scoop. Yeah. Right. I was really looking forward to Batgirl. Mm. Um, and obviously, like I'm a Scooby Doo fan, so anything that anybody does with Scooby-Doo and the mystery yeah. team, like I'm always there. Um, Did, did you watch uh, the supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover? No. Is that a thing? That's really? a thing. It's pretty awesome. Was it animated? It was animated. It was an animated episode of Supernatural. It was in and out of live action and animation. It's pretty wild. I would actually just watch that by itself. It's a good flick on its own. It's a, it's a on its own storyline for the most part. I like it. I like yeah. it there. Guys, obviously Batgirl being from DC's Batman and Scooby-Doo being uh, from the Mystery Inc. About the humongous Great Dane who was scared of everything. Um, <laughs> I'll say this, man. Uh, we like to joke and, and pick on, you know, have a good time here. But Warner Brothers cares more about tax write-offs and then, you know, than making good content for fans of, you know, historic mm. movie studio. They've been around forever. But after some studio grumblings, uh, Warner Brothers is now allowing the filmmakers to shop the movie. I'll I'll say this, guys, and this is just my theory. Uh, This probably goes into another reason why they left, why Christopher Nolan left the studio, stepped away from Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers, they just don't care about the creative process, just the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, you're just reading this article right here. I mean, it's like, you know, are we going to put out Good content? Are we, you know, just trying to make as much money as we can in our pockets and just let it let it roll like it's rolling? And yeah. we see it with DC yeah. Universe just being in shambles. And now we're seeing it with uh, Scooby-Doo. Not cool, man. Not, <laughs> Not cool, cool, bro. Can't pick on Scooby like Coolest that. Coolest great day on the planet. <laughs> Can't do it, man. So... Like I said, I, I understand like all studios do, you know, care about the bottom line and making money, but essentially Warner Brothers, like, they didn't even try to hide the fact. Yeah. That was their press release that they were doing this for like a tax write-off. I'll say this, man. Um, Warner Brothers, as my favorite studio my entire life mm. of movies, the catalogs of well, movies I mean, and everything. That and just a lot of 
cartoons, man. Yeah, yeah. Cartoons and stuff from growing up. I uh, I don't know who needs to hear this from Warner Bros, mm. but uh, you have one fan who's very disappointed. Uh, I'll say this, man. Let's just start this week's episode, brother. All right. Welcome to this episode of Movie in a Pod. I'm Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we're discussing the trailers for Madam Web, Dashing Through the Snow. We discuss what we're currently watching on the old television in our movie of the week, The Killer. team so we have uh sony expanding their their spider-man universe with madam web okay uh dakota johnson stars as the, the lead and then we have a <laughs> christmas movie with uh black santa just, and ludicrous just all the spider-man movies <laughs> no spider-man <laughs> Yeah, that's how we do it <laughs> guys we're, we're gonna <laughs> oh god that's hilarious um we got these trailers we're gonna throw these on our socials we're also going to have these on our youtube page oh. uh guys uh our you our link tree in the show notes click like share subscribe all that good stuff and uh yeah you're gonna see javi's amazing mm. beard uh, that's his thanksgiving beard oh food gets a little stuck he saves it for later guys yeah yeah Okay, so guys, according to IMDb here, we got Madam Web. Madam Web tells the standalone origin story of the Marvel Publishing's most enigmatic heroines. This is directed by S.J. Clarkson, starring <coughs> Dakota Johnson as Madam Web, Sydney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter, Isabel Mercad as Anya Corazon. Emma Roberts as Mary Parker, Adam Scott as Ben Parker. Let's go. Tahar Ezekiel as Sims. Ezekiel Sims. I'm trying to see some Adam Scott. We got some Mike Epps in this and Zoe oh. Mamed as well. Okay. So uh we got a good cast. I just not a good trailer. <laughs> no, nah, man. <clears throat> and you know what? Like, if they just leave it at this, yeah. I will go see it, but I know in old Sony fashion, this is what Sony does. Is that you're so confused by the first trailer. Yeah. The second trailer, they're just going to tell you the put exact it. whole story. <laughs> the whole story is going to be put the trailer. put it all out there. Yes. This is how they defeat the bad guy <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so you're just like, dude, between the trailer one and trailer two, I have seen this entire movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, we're getting just, like I said earlier, just movie after movie that's like, doesn't ever feel like it's ever leading anywhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every, every movie that's come by in this little universe here is like, just one off after one off, or except for like Venom, but even that each movie is like its own movie. Yeah. But, you know. So I guess it, it does say what it is, I guess. underneath, meanwhile, in another universe, in a <laughs> switch from the typical genre, Madam Web tells the standalone story of the Marvel's Magnet Heroes. The thriller stars Dakota Johnson as a paramedic in Manhattan who may have clairvoyant abilities, forced to confront relations about her past, and forges a relationship with three young women destined for powerful futures. They can also fire a deadly present. That's from, from Sony. Yeah. Cool. With those on our socials. Yeah. Uh, guys, let us know your thoughts about the Dakota Johnson-led Madam Web flick. Yeah. You know when this was first announced, I my first thought was, why? Why do we do this? That's what I'm saying. Like, every time it's like in another universe, in this other universe, in that universe, this thing's happening. But in this other universe, this other movie's going to happen. And this other universe over here, this other movie happens. You know, because, like, we just got finished with uh, Spider-Man in a world where everything was magical and he went to space and time came and we had different 
Spider-Man's come and different, yeah. from different movies and everything. It's done. Like, the way No Way, uh, no Way Home ends <clears throat> is that we're getting a more street-level, back-to-basics type Spider-Man yeah. in Tom Holland's next tr- trilogy. What are we doing with this whole Spider-Verse? Yeah. If there's so many different... Is there, are they not going to be connected? Like, what's... What's going on here? I must know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we got a little clip with Venom, with Tom Hardy's Venom, mm-hmm. um, in the Spider-Man. But, but then he went back to another year yeah, world, and he left a little symbiote there. Yeah. And then that's it. I just don't know what else. So. so does. We're just, but, uh, it's but just thank, like, but thanks just for Wonderverse. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> super, yeah, there you go. Let's look at the, the bright side of it for today. Yeah, you're not so, as shitty as Warner Brothers right now. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> at least they're making movies, <laughs> I guess. They're, they're, they're dropping their movies. You know, I get to see them out of yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not going to be a damn tax write-off. <laughs> you know, so I guess glass half full, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. What the... <laughs> We'll throw Madam Web on our socials. Let us know your thoughts. All right, team. So we have Dashing Through the Snow. According to IMDb, we have a divorced social worker takes his daughter on a ride along with him on Christmas Eve. Starring Lil Ray Howery as Nick, Ludacris as Eddie Garrick, uh, Madison Skye as Charlotte, Tiana Paris as Allison, and a bunch of other people as well. JV, give me your thoughts, brother. I mean, kicked off really funny. Fire. Yeah. Um, Ludacris is a, an actor for me that's always been like, really walks the, the line of like not being an awesome actor, but being like good enough to be, to make you laugh still. I agree with you. You know, right it's there, like, man. like watching the, the trailer, I'm like, he's not an awesome actor, but he just, he just has a decent delivery. When he when he makes some comedy, he gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoy that about him. Man, uh, a lot of a lot of good a lot of good people in this flick, man. That I'm really excited. To, oh yeah, to see here, right? We have uh, Oscar Nunez, uh, Ravi Patel. Uh, we have Marilyn. Uh, I can't ever pronounce your last name, uh, but I also saw my man E. From Entourage, Eric, oh. Eric Murphy, Kevin oh, yeah? Connolly is in this movie, so I saw him as well. So that's exciting, man. Um, this looks dope. This is one of those flicks that, uh, you know, whenever it drops, yeah, curl up, post up, just laugh your ass off and have a Agreed. good time, man. Uh, yeah, this one's gonna be an instant classic. And obviously, like you know, I'm always a sucker for a for a black Santa Claus, mm. so always. Always hilarious and always going to be a good time. Dude, this is coming at us from the great Tim Story, who did another Tim Story flick a while back. Yeah? You ready for this? Which one was it? Tom and Jerry. Nice. Brought us Tom and Jerry a few years ago, man. Nice. So, hey, guys, with we'll us on our socials. Let us know your thoughts about dashing through the snow. All right, JV. Mm-hmm. What you watching nowadays, man, a- outside of our weekly movies? Oh, dude. I crushed uh, Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars series, and Rebels. Mm. Pretty caught up on what's going on. So when that Dave Filoni movie drops, you're going to know exactly what's going on. It was a long haul, man, but I got it done. All the space, it was all about the space whales. I had to figure it out. I learned a lot about space whales. <laughs> so many questions about space whales. <laughs> so many. They were all answered. Every one of them. Nice. Uh, no, they were actually um, really good series. Like, uh, it really brings you that connection of all the, the the movies and all the shows that have been coming out. Okay, it, it's it fills in all those blanks. Like like with Ahsoka, the Rebels ends like literally right where Sabine's story starts. I'm dope. So like leading up to that, you know, we're both like, okay, Ahsoka's there. What's going on? Why why are they going after this person? Mm-hmm. That answers every gotcha. single question we had. Gotcha. Um, other than that, should have just spent I, ten years watching uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, that's all you need. That's no, you know the 
answers to everything. <laughs> the key. <laughs> the key. <laughs> what else are you watching, uh, sir? I recently got back on Hulu. Oh, nice. So I was watching some New Girl. Oh, um, classic. Uh, started watching Futurama again, too. Ooh. Yeah, I ain't really watched that in a while. Um, But just catching up on some shows like that. Good stuff. Yeah. What about you? What you been crushing? Yeah, man. Um, For All Mankind is back for their uh, final season. Nice. Um, You know, this is that. This is one of the flagship uh, shows on Apple TV Plus, and it's about what happens if we actually do make it to not only the moon, <coughs> but Mars, mm-hmm. and then beyond, right? So nice. this And every season has been a different decade. So we're in the 60s, we're in the 70s, we're in the yeah. 80s, we're in the 90s, right? In the 2000s, okay. now we're in the 2010s, and this show just keeps on getting better and better. Um, where there's still characters from the 60s that was like, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Yeah. Fly, fly boy that are now old men. That's pretty that awesome. We're seeing in there, right? Joel Kinnaman cool. is like the, the, the lead anchor of the entire series and just seeing him and all these other characters as well and their, and their stories on how they're just tr- this, this ultimate space race and yeah. what they're trying to do. So it, it's fun, man. I, I've been rocking out with this show since day one. Okay, cool. Um, highly recommend just watch everything for all mankind. Just a great written show. Also, um, I just kind of hang out on Apple TV Plus, man. It's kind of my yeah. home. Okay. Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I was looking. F- I was looking forward to this. Uh, this has uh, Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell. Nice as the leads, but they're actually, which blew my mind. Not playing father and son. Mm-hmm. They're actually playing the same character. Yeah, old and new. Right. Yeah, I remember reading about that. <clears throat> I did not read about that. Oh, okay. I knew they both were going to be there, but I was like, oh, I just assumed like, oh yeah, cool. They're going to like do a father and, and son thing, but like that, but like one plays why uh, Lee Shaw, the, the character from yeah. the past, plays Lee Shaw in the present. Yeah, I think I just saw like a quick interview asking them like how that was playing the same, the same person. Yeah, from different. Different ages, uh, but with those two actors, I mean, gotta be amazing. Yeah, man, it is. It has been really. Fun. I don't, only two episodes have dropped. We're definitely got some monsters. Uh, Let's go, and we're definitely getting like some conspiracy theories about what's going on with the technology and everything. Okay, two episodes in, I'm fascinated. Well, I'm hooked. What's it based around? Like just oh, Monarch, uh, uh, Godzilla. All that stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay I got so, you. So remember, remember in um, Kong Skull Island, the team who um, John Goodman, yeah, yeah, worked for, and it was Monarch. That's what this is. Oh, uh, okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so you know we're gonna get. There's already been like a um, Godzilla has already been in the background. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, right. in two episodes, you didn't see the big li- the lizard guy. Uh, but there's been like shelters you have to go in. Remember, like from the first movie versus second movie, like you got to go into shelter when Godzilla comes up, or whatever. Yeah. So like they heard him, everybody rushed to the different shelters mm. in, in Tokyo. So okay. uh, he's definitely there in the background. I'm excited for this man. This looks dope. It's got a really good cast. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely enticing, guys. So okay. uh, for me. You know, our movie of the week comes from Netflix. Obviously, Hulu has some good drops every now and then. Amazon Prime with Invincible, watching that as well. Yeah. Um, the and obviously like the boys and all that stuff there, but like Apple TV Plus, man, has been on it when it comes to their shows. Oh, they've been dropping a lot. They've been dropping some really good content. Yeah. Um, I did go see Killers of the Flower Moon a, f- a few weeks ago. I know we didn't talk about it on here, but that's also like an Apple TV produced movie. Yeah. Um. So you went, you went and camped out the movie theater overnight it was, watched that it whole was, thing? It was like three and a half. I, I'm, <laughs> dude, I said, give me mainline caffeine, please. Gosh. Please. But like, you didn't, so but like you didn't, but like it was so long, but it was one of those where you didn't feel like it was so long because the story kept on going and moving. So basically what I'm trying to say is Apple TV Plus is just, 
you know, awesome with the tech, awesome yeah. with the software, awesome with the 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 content as well, guys. Yeah, they, they are doing it. So okay. I'm also gonna watch uh, uh, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving on of course. Apple TV Plus in a couple of days. Of course, because this pod drops on Thanksgiving. So yeah, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Oh. Thank you. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you too, sir. And all of our listeners, enjoy yeah. your turkey day. Hmm. Uh, the one thing I, I do hate about that, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, is that when they do the Thanksgiving, uh, the black kid is on, on the side of the table by himself. <laughs> I always I, thought that was hilarious. I've never noticed that. Watch it. I'm going to watch out for some <laughs> racism and that's it. <laughs> it's like, I'm not even mad. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> It was just so bling yeah. right there. <laughs> I'm actually bold. <laughs> actually a bold bold statement. All right. Gosh. Man. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're watching, guys. Let us know yeah. in the comments. We'll drop these uh, IMDb links to all of our shows that we're currently watching, guys. Uh, enjoy it. And let us know what you're watching as well. All right, let's jump into our movie of the week. All righty. All right, team. So we have The Killer. This premiered on November 10th. This one is directed by the great David Fincher and written by Andrew Kevin Walker. This was a Netflix drop, so no budget information. Mm. But it says it's grossed $362,113 yeah. in box office. So I don't know if that's a good number for it or not because I don't know what to compare it to. I want to say that's a. I want to say that's a really good number. All right, for this type of film. All right. Starting on this, we have Michael Fassbender as the killer. That's basically it, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's well, that's where I was going to stop. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say him and uh, hit it with a little quip there, but you, you got it. So uh, you gotcha, took that gotcha, from gotcha, me. Gotcha, that's gotcha, fine. Yeah. That's fine. Good deal, man. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and give us that that quick synopsis, brother. A professional assassin uh, makes the mistake and takes out the wrong mark, and he gets targeted himself. Uh, he finds all that are involved in this plot twist using his very special set of skills. Yes. And he learned everything from Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Taken. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. <clears throat> Let's start at the top here. We got Michael Fassbender as the killer. I love this. So, <clears throat> first and foremost, we don't get his name. No information. We get so many aliases. <laughs> they they made, made a very good point of pointing that out, the whole movie. He gets so many aliases, right? Every time he gets on a flight, he's somebody else. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, but he's just known as the killer, professional assassin. And he lives a very, at first when we meet this guy, he's doing that very long, almost like, what, 20-minute monologue. Yeah. Like nonstop in his head. Um up until the point where, you know, he misses the mark. Yeah. Right. And then even after that, we get like some beats of what it's about. But just the personality of Michael Fassbender's character is uh, very methodical, very, um, uh, just very clean individual in everything yeah. that he does. Right. And every move that he makes, it's, it's because of he's trying to not, leave a trace right really enjoyed that the one thing that was weird for me especially in that first scene is like why do you keep putting your sniper rifle together and taking it apart he did that a few times yeah he's got to practice man practice putting it like but like why i would just have it out See this mic stand? It so stays I, here. I don't know why you're not a professional this. assassin. <laughs> I'm a professional just, podcaster, just the dammit. worst assassin. <laughs> you just walk around with your gun put together all day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was part of that uh, methodical. I think so too. Yeah, step by step process he does through the whole movie. It's the same, uh, the same cadence in his head, the same kind of monologue. It's always, yeah, you know, stick to the plan. I don't trust anybody. And those things over and over. And probably the same thing with that physical part of his uh, personality as well. I think so. I think you are right there, man. Um, but I just, I just love that we got so much character development in such a... It, I, it's not a little bit of time. We spent a lot of time in that um, we work 
office building that's been abandoned, right? We get so much time yeah. and we understand him. We don't know everything about him. We don't know who employs him. We don't know if he cares about anybody. We assume that he doesn't right. have a life outside yeah. of this, right? Um, and that's where things get a little little shaky as well. Uh, but he's basically our one character, guys. And yeah. he makes he misses his mark. He calls the um the, the guy that employs him. I think that was the handler. Uh, right. The lawyer, yeah, the, Charles Parnell, the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So he calls the lawyer. The lawyer's like, you're burned. You got to get out of there or whatever. And I love the next part where he's just like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. I got to get out of this situation. And everything that he does, once again, it's that methodical. It's that thought out. It's that every little thing that he does yeah. matters. Yeah. It's, he's like getting rid of parts of his rifle and uh just spreading the evidence everywhere right yes yes that was really fun to watch man that is like as as cold and calculated as michael fenspender's the killer is the director david fincher is the exact same way the social network um you know you've heard the war stories with uh that cast and crew where they did scenes 90 to 100 times before he's just like this is the right one yeah Right, so him taking that approach into this movie and showing that in every scene, like how many times did Michael Fassbender have to do that that sleep scene to make sure it was right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, but that also played into and probably helped out develop and make him understand this character. Yeah, and it's kind of like a lot of stuff we see Michael in is very artist friendly kind of thing yes. like it's an art piece it's not just another movie correct and that's what i felt for this one too it's like it's an art piece it's him uh really really performing very true and performing a lot of different ways agree throughout the movie agree man i, I love that how he used uh when he goes on his globe trotting revenge yeah for being burned and then being sought after and everything. Yeah, a lot of just like householder Amazon bought stuff that he can, or from the <laughs> you know local stuff that he just got where like he, yeah. like, that's kind of scary, right? That people can infiltrate your home or uh, get to you in a very easy way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess if you are smart enough to make these things happen, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm obviously he's a professional, so, you know, if he goes, if he knows if he gets in a position to where he's not just able to do whatever, then he's got to be able to survive. True. Uh, but, like I said, I imagine that's how people break into houses all the time. Well, this movie's the blueprint. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Let it out. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, there are actually a couple other people in this movie here. Uh, Tilda Swinton as the expert, a fellow assassin living in New York. Um, I liked her character here. As short as it was that we got with her, um, she does play a huge role in changing who the killer is, right? This cold, calculated mm. uh, person that monologue that 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 conversation that they have at the yeah. at the restaurant is important into maybe he doesn't need to do this for the rest of his life. Yeah. Maybe this is not the only thing that he can do. Maybe he can have a a important relationship in in his life. Um and she kind of helps him out even though that she is the villain in his eyes. Yeah. Uh she actually moves his character arc forward and that's kind of like the same thing that the lawyer says to the handler yeah. he's like you got the money just buy go just away you go away <laughs> yeah just go away you got plenty of money what are you doing yeah yeah uh we have oh where is it here uh where's my man at uh oh yeah sala baker is the brute an assassin who lives in florida see I, I walked out. I want to talk about this character 
in this scene. Yeah. Because I went into this movie thinking it was going to be like high octane action assassin type thing mm. when really. Okay. So I thought it was going to be more uncharted video game type thing. Not ah, like, not gotcha. like just like the, the how action packed those yeah. games are. And in comparison, it was more Splinter Cell. I don't know if you ever gotcha. played those games where yeah, it was yeah. more quiet, methodical, yeah. uh, solo, inner thoughts, right? I got to wait for my specific time. Yeah. But we have this scene. Oh, yeah. This was awesome. And between the between the uh, the expert and the brute, these are the ones who actually uh, hurt the only person that the killer cares for. Yeah. And puts that person in the ho- – puts her in the hospital. So he, that, this is where it spawns into him going after the, the, the these people here. Um, this easily could have been my favorite scene in the movie because it was the most intense. Mm-hmm. And there was so much action that was going on. Yeah. But realistically, it was still like cold and calculated. Did you? Yeah, like, yeah. I got the feeling like I just wasn't awed in this scene. Right. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was beautiful as far as what it was. It was still a beautiful, directed, choreographed fight scene. But like, I was thinking, okay, here we go. We're finally yeah, yeah. spicing things up. And you're like, oh, okay. It was only this. <laughs> still enjoyable. It, it was like, like they got to the end and were like, you know, what we didn't put in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no actual violence in this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they, they had to they had to figure something out at the end and go back and make it work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even the the choreography and the way that played out was like, like you said, still a real calculated situation. Yeah. Um. Even though, you know, he wasn't planning on it being like a fight, right? He thought he was going in cool. He's and going to pop him and then yeah. get out. And then, you know, he started getting beat down. He got molly a few times, bro. Yeah. Duke got some hands, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For as small as he is compared to the other guy. Yeah. He got some hands, man, and is obviously really resourceful. Yeah. Oh, Michael Fassbender was ripped up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, he was like. <laughs> not a slouch. When Yeah, when he's the. At the beginning, when he's like changing, he's like in that little bathroom, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, Michael Fassbender's been hitting, hitting that bench. All right, man. He's done as been out in the yard. He's done his magneto, <laughs> man. Or a few pounds, man. I feel you, bro. <laughs> out, you yeah. said out in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. Oh, man. All right, so uh, another person, uh, Charles Parnell, is the lawyer. We talked about him a little while ago. He's the killer's hand- handler, posing as a, a lawyer. Um, but with him, uh, he's the guy who has all the intel, all the information. So it's important for the killer to get to the lawyer mm. to understand who attacked his his girlfriend yeah. at, at, at their home in the Dominican. Um so he goes there, kills him, uh, and then really like the conversation with the the office administrator Dolores. Yeah, right. Very, <laughs> very melancholy, but at the same exact time, it was, "Hey, I know you're gonna kill me. I know you have no other choice but to kill me. That's your your job. Yeah. But can you?" Think about my family for a, a, a yeah. little bit, and he like considers it and actually like right. does it. It's just, I thought it was really weird. Like that was the turning point. It was one of the turning points in his character arc, right? Yeah. From that humongous monologue that we got in the beginning, we turn around and then we get this guy, and he's like, "All right, he's kind of softening up a, a, right. l- a little bit here, starting with this lady who he still has to kill, <laughs> but her boys are gonna be okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the long run, here. Uh, that's, oh yeah, the last one is Arliss Howard, the client. Uh, Claiborne is a billionaire Mm. businessman. So he's the one who ordered the hit originally in the first scene that the killer messes up. And then through exposition at the end, we understand that the lawyer was like, hey, do you want the insurance? Yeah, yeah. Insurance means we'll just clean it up. Yeah. Didn't really know what that means. But he's like, yeah, 250K here. <laughs> clean it up. 
like that's how much it cost. Right. Right. So you're a billionaire. <laughs> well, I mean, don't tell how much the hit cost. 250k to take out one of your top assassins. Was that just the insurance? That was just the insurance cost, right? That's, we didn't, that's, we yes. didn't find out like the actual hit cost. No, we did not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Unless unless it was like written down somewhere, I I didn't I don't remember it. Yeah. But it was never stated. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad price to uh try to clean up the the mess. I mean, Claiborne was like, man, let me get this out of my pocket yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I got that in my get this like let me get this change out of my pocket, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he didn't know um yeah so let's talk about those are mm. the characters guys yeah. let's talk about the sets and the music here anything dealing with a david fincher movie uh it's going to be dark you're gonna get dark grays you're gonna get those dark navy blues in every scene that's kind of the vibe and that is even the vibe from the movie poster itself, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Even with that, like, bu- bucket hat he has on in the... Yeah, it was a, kind of a weird poster. poster. Yeah, it's kind of uh, off-putting, yeah. to say the least. But I think that's what the vibe is, mm. right? Like, be afraid right. of this weird-looking... Looks approachable, yeah. right? Because he looks like a German... Like, I think he says something like the, the vibe is like a German who is on, like, vacation. Yeah, it's like a tourist kind of thing. Right, but with the gun literally facing us it's like all right this guy's approachable but uh nope not with that thing not, <laughs> not with that barrel looking down my eyeball yeah it's not good yeah man, but i love the the we work building that was just a really cool s- setup and that we spent so much time there right um i also loved the scene where at the florida home of the brute right we're yeah really, we're really cool there as well but like just him globetrotting through like South America and Dominican man, like that was that was really a vibe right there, yeah. man. How he's trying to understand and he has to get to the taxi driver and then understand what is going on, who he needs to contact, and everything. Like every set piece, man, was just method. Like th- that's like the word of this movie, man. Yeah, everything he did was very methodical, was very planned out, was very calculated, was very cold for him to get to the next piece on how he gets his re- revenge, man. And that's what the sets looked at there. Looked like, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Music. Obviously legends, especially Trent from Nine Inch Nails. Uh, he's been working with Dave Fincher for a while now. He's been in the business for a while. but Right. Um when him and Dave Fitcher just get together, man, he's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the music-wise, as far as this one, for me, you know, it was a good good mix in there that, that really laid in with the plot. Yeah. Like, uh, scene to scene, it wasn't nothing that really, for me, really stuck out, which is, you know, I always say it's a good thing. It just kind of helped out the, the scenes. Uh I mean, the mood in the movie never changed a whole lot. Never. That's, that's <laughs> you, know? you know how, like, if you watch a movie like like Man of Steel or, like, any superhero film, how you get, like, those, those highs, yeah. you get the, those lows and everything, right? Everything here was just low. <laughs> Agreed. There was never a time I was just like, oh, I can, like, relax. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. on the edge of my seat the entire time, and that is also like David Fincher's style. Right. right. You're on the edge of your seat. You don't know what the hell's going to happen to this guy next. And like with the music, there was this time for like nothing happened. Right. He's waiting yeah. for something to happen. Yeah. How he literally, when he's at the hotel and he asked them to like drop off the room service or whatever. And then he puts like the cup in the plate and then goes to sleep yeah. and he like sit, sits down. That's it. Okay. Like as any, like, I'm waiting for some, an action scene to pop off next, yeah, like, a shootout or something. Oh, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Let's see what happens. Yeah. What's the little pan? What's the little pan going to do? Is the, the glass landing on the pan? And it's going to break and shatter, you know, and they're we, gonna, he's going to hear it. We, never, we don't know that. We don't know if it worked. We don't know if he killed anybody in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Looks like that, and um, just the, the scene, the same thing kind of happened at the beginning when he's in the the office area, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking this long monologue and he's looking out the window watching what's going on and 
He just wakes up and it's morning. Yeah. Or when they dropped okay. off the mail in the office. <laughs> yeah. And he had the sniper rifle like waiting behind yeah. the door. And you're like, all right, he's going to have to take somebody out. And they just kind of drop the mail off and go out. It's just like, that's purposely done yeah. by David Fincher yeah. to piss us off. But it's like, <laughs> hold, our, hold our attention. Yep. Because the music is just like tense the entire time. You're just like, oh, he's going to have to kill somebody right now. He's, this movie's called literally The Killer. So, And he does it the opposite, too. Like, uh, like the taxi driver, like when they're oh, sitting yeah. there, when I they're sitting there know. talking in the car, you're like, all right, he's going to let this guy go. He ain't got nothing. And the music was super, yeah. just like the, like the music is tense the entire movie. Yeah. This is one of those scenes where we're like, all right, we got some exposition. We got some yeah. understanding. We got his next lead and what he needs to do. He's going to let this driver go. Yeah. Nope. nope. Not at all. But you saw right before he, we're we're vomiting this entire movie, guys, and I apologize. It's so good, though, and you can watch it over and over again and still not get everything. <laughs> like, yeah. he says, like, pull over here, and you see the Jeep that he's been yeah. driving in, but you don't really, like, unless you, like, notice it, it's yeah. not there because you're focusing on the, 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 the taxi. So he was going to kill him regardless. Oh, yeah, he was gone. Gosh, man. Yeah. Leave, uh, trust nobody, and what do you say? Leave no witnesses? Leave no witnesses. And what was the, oh, the other one I like, he's like, you know, if you don't want him to solve a puzzle, solve the puzzle, then you just take a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So he's just like dragging the body out. All right, team. So uh, let's talk about a theme, man. Uh, he has his, his model that he repeats in his head. It's stick to the plan, anticipate, don't improvise, trust no one, never yield an advantage, fight only the battle you're paid to fight, right? Yeah. He says that over and over and over again before each kill. Yeah. Uh, where he, he goes into that, right? But you can see that it starts stripping, right? His motto, his mantra starts kind of stripping away, right? Where yeah. Stick to your plan. His plan was just to kill that mark in the beginning and just, you know, enjoy the rest of his. Go back to the Dominican with this girl and have a good time, right? Mm -hmm. um, anticipate, don't improvise. Yeah, I don't think you improv. I don't think you anticipated how big the brute was actually going to be, right? Yeah, yeah, he that didn't work out well. Humongous, right? Um, trust no one. Uh, the Tilda Swinton's character, the expert, yeah, was going to kill him, right? She, was, oh, yeah. she like tripped. And was going to kill him there. Never yield an advantage. Uh, he he kind of did that with, he kind of did it a few times. Like the, the lawyer and even the tax driver he did that with. But even uh, fight only the battle you're paid to fight. When he's at the, when he's at the, the big boss, right? The, mm. the billionaire. I think he understands fully that like his mantra is, is shit. Mm. I, I feel like this is just a deconstruction of everything that he believes in is what the, this exact movie is, this voyage. Yeah, and I think up to this point, it's everything's gone well, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, his <laughs> his mantra has worked for him up to this point, and mm -hmm. then now he's in a situation where he's got a, you know, this has never happened before. <laughs> you know, uh, so, got to... Figure out he's got to deviate from the plan sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, team. So that is our conversation about 2023's David Fincher's The Killer. Nice. JV, your thoughts and ratings on the movie, brother? Yeah, this is going to get three out of five buckets for me this week. Nice. Um, wasn't sure what to expect. Out of this movie, mm -hmm. um, the trailer, when we watched the trailer, made you think, like we talked about, it's going to be a lot more action, yeah. a lot more stuff going on. But it turned out to be, you know, honestly, what we should have expected from Michael Fassbender yeah, as true. an actor. True. He, you know, we, we got like uh, Magneto from him. And after that, it's, it's, Real artistic stuff. I agreed. 
uh, and this was the same thing. I mean, his monologues and, and his acting and everything. This one was very artistic style, which he does well. Yeah, man. Uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, you know, the little bit of action we got. Fight scene was pretty awesome. Um, but just overall, like, you still left with him as a as a mystery, like him as a person, other than like there's this woman that is his girlfriend. That's about all you really know. Yeah, we still we know nothing else. Don't know his name or nothing, which was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool to to end the movie like, okay, well, here we are, and uh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, awesome movie. Uh, so three out of five bucks for me. What about you? Good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, this one's gonna get four buckets of popcorn for me. Nice. Uh, I'm a big David Fincher fan. Uh, I've seen every one of David Fincher's movies except Mank, which I will probably watch before the end of this this week. I don't know why that one slipped me, um, but I'll definitely watch that. Uh, the beautiful thing about David Fincher, man, is like he makes these movies. He's the the guy behind the camera, but you know and feel a David Fincher movie when you're watching it, right? There is no doubt in your mind when you see a David Fincher film. Almost like when you're watching a Christopher Nolan film, like it's just, you know, this is their right. style. This is how they will make a movie. This is him. Um, what I love about this and why I give it four stars, four bucks of popcorn, excuse me, smack me in the face, bro, um, is... The fact you take this one man and take him on this long journey of revenge, but also deconstructing his entire way of life. Yeah. Right. And and only and only David Fincher can do that in a very bloody <laughs> mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I was enjoying it, man. Uh, you're it's, you don't 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 come for a big action romp. Uh, come from for a slow burn. Uh, character-driven yeah. uh, story about a man and his thoughts because he thinks the entire yes, monologue, the entire movie, inner monologue. So, mm-hmm. thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, talking through the killer. Next week, we will be discussing the new Taika Waititi flick. Next goal wins. You can catch that in a theater near you. Like always, I'm Clyde Smith. You can find me across all socials. As I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. You can find me on social at Mister J eighty two hundred. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Like always, keep watching. And we're out. Cool, 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 cool.